Welcome to Monday. Here at the Preacher's Corner, I'm Pastor Jay, and today we're going to finish off the book of Jude, good Lord willing, uh, beginning in verse number 17 and working our way to the very end of the letter that was written here, and a very powerful letter it has been so far, amazing truth that we receive from it as concerning the fight for the faith, and, and the reality that even though you may be writing such things as calling the believers to contend for the faith, doesn't mean that you're being hateful, doesn't mean that you're being a, a big meanie, but it does mean that there are some things in this life that must be stood for. There are some things in this life that must uh, be recognized, that must be made known in order for this world to see its need for Jesus. And one of the things that we discovered about the church here in the United States, at least in these last decades, has been a, a sad lack of making known the proclamation of truth in the gospel and really kind of turning church more into a carnival of entertainment than it has been a place where souls can be saved. So we probably want to take note and listen to what Jude has to say about each and every detail of his wording because, well, it may apply to us. We may find ourselves in that situation of being the ungodly people that Jude was referring to. So with that, we'll start up with a moment of prayer and then dive in here. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity today to get back into the letter that was given to us from Jude. We pray that you will bless it to us, Lord, that our hearts be impacted by it, that our minds be considering those things, Lord, that you have to say, that we would consider them as being said to us and not thinking that they belong to someone else. The very reason why you would call us to this book is because there's things in it that you want each of us to understand. There's things that you want each of us potentially change. And so we ask that you will bless us with these teachings. You will bless us with this truth and help us, Father, to internalize it to how it pertains to us. We'll give you thanks and praise for this blessing today. Amen. And this is the reality, guys. Every time the Word of God is opened and God has beckoned you unto a certain place within His Word, it's for the purpose of your good rather for a necessity of transformation in a certain area of your life or for uh, the purpose of calling you to, to uh, change, rather uh, calling you to ministry or calling you to, to exercise of the faith, whatever it is, the reason why you have turned to that place, the reason why you've studied that particular book out of all of the rest of the books, or you've read that book out of the rest, is because you've been called to something that the Lord is trying to explain to you, to reveal to you. It's not that you're just aimlessly reading a Bible for whatever reason, you're just throwing it open. No, there was a desire. There was a reason. You grab that book. There's a reason why you open it. The Holy Spirit is working at the at the bidding of the Father to, to lead you into a direction or to, to reveal to you something. And oftentimes, if you've been getting into the Word of God and you've been, you've been trying to uh, figure something out and the something is still in that category because you know that that there's 
just something that you need to know, but you just can't quite put it together. Don't give up. Because all of the places that you've gone to read the Word of God, all of those places are actually storing up inside of you, and there will be that one moment where where you will be led to this place in Scripture that instantly will tie everything else that you've been looking into all together at one time. The issue with believers today is that we're like Burger King believers. And if you recall years, decades back, the slogan of Burger King on its commercials was your way right away. And that's exactly the way we approach our faith. We expect because we've received great amounts of entitlements throughout our recent uh, years, throughout the last decade for certain, the last two decades, we, we expect things to be done our way, but we expect them to be done right now. And so a lot of us approach the Christian faith with this mentality, even though we think we don't have this mentality. We still approach the Christian faith with this idea that things are supposed to just work out and, and that they're supposed to just come together and that it, if they somehow aren't working out, that there's a problem. It's somebody's fault, but it's not mine. And the, the reality is, is that we cannot escape the truth that God knows better than we do what's best for us and that God is acting on our behalf to lead us in a direction that he has chosen for our lives in so much that as we obey the leadership of the Holy Spirit as we know the Holy Spirit is in direct communication with the Father regularly that as we submit ourselves and are humble unto the leading of the Holy Spirit, that, that we indeed will begin understanding what it is that the Father has for us as the Spirit drives us into the Word of God to make known the reality of what God wants for our life. So it's very important for us to be people of the book. I say that pretty pretty regularly that's the importance of this thing is that being a person of the bible constantly keeps you in contact with what god's will is for it is discovered only through the word of god which is known as the word of truth that that we can know the very will of god for our lives in fact in first john chapter number three as well as a couple of other places you'll find that that the scripture writers even say this is the will of God. Jesus himself said this, this is the will of God in John chapter number 6 that all that the Father gives to me I shall not cast out. I shall not lose one but shall raise them up in the last day. It was referring to after he had spoken of being the bread of life. So it's, it's very important for us to understand that, that the Bible is of the utmost of importance to our lives, to our faith, to our congregations. The Bible is that means by which God is going to literally teach you. God is going to, to instruct you. God is going to reveal himself to you. It's all through the word of God. Now, I'm not, ref I'm not saying that experiences in your faith aren't important. 
But what I'm telling you is that the experiences, there, there are a lot of different uh congregation, a lot of different denominations that would elevate your experiences over your worship of God's word. And and this is just going to end up in a disaster because plenty of people can have unbiblical or ungodly experiences, but believe them to be godly because they don't have a framework of God's word to be able to know what is of God and what is not of God. So if we're elevating our experiences or or things such as dreams or things such as visions, we'll remember in Jude, he calls those that were ungodly dreamers. So it's important to understand that if we are elevating these, these external things from God's word over God's word, then we're imbalanced and, and we could easily be led astray. The only way, and this is important because it's, this is truth, the only way, the only way to ensure that we are not led astray from God is is to know God's word is to be in God's word that's the only way our experiences can lead us unto perdition in fact and and our desires our passions our feelings and emotions they they can lead us in a path of unrighteousness we can get wrapped up in the rhythm of certain musical tones and different things of that nature and and end up becoming sensual in our worship instead of of factual instead of spiritual in our worship and and man the only way the only way to truly know god is through his word and in truth the holy spirit provides us with these experiences that we long for the holy spirit provides us with this with this fellowship and this communication when we are in god's word because the holy spirit desires to to have god's word brought to him so the connection of the father to the spirit and the spirit to the word of God, the word of God to God, that's that triangle right there that, that you happen to be in. And it's very important for us to, to study, to show ourselves approved. Very important. With that said, let us turn to the book of Jude and let us look to this verse number 17. We'll read through the whole rest of the chapter and then pick it apart. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause division, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. 
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Oh, this is so sweet. It, very important as we start off let's just kick it from the end and we'll back up to the beginning i like to do that often because at the end of these things you'll discover some of the sweetest stuff to keep keep perspective of some of the beat down that happens in the middle <laughs> as it was so <coughs> so let's consider this uh, verse number 24 now to him who is able and that that is so important for us to realize and to keep in perspective god is able there is none other that could be more capable than god for for this task of keeping us as as we long for our parents or as we long for our spouses we long for retention in our our workplaces and employment we long for being kept by by so many things and yet the one discovery that we can make in this life is that really only god is truly able to keep us now to keep us from stumbling that that is important to add to this point and the stumbling blocks well the whole letter of jude has been covering all of the means by which we could stumble all of the ways and means right uh, the ungodly people with their ungodly ways and their ungodly fashion and their ungodly desires i mean the this chapter is amazing i think he says ungodly like seven times i think in this particular point that he was making back here in verse number 15 he's executing judgment on all the uh, on all to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him <laughs> so it's four times in the same sentence that he would be speaking here uh, thus he's dealing with the grumblers the complainers walking according to their own lust and the their mouth they have great swelling words flattering people to gain advantage and and then he comes in he says but beloved remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our lord jesus christ and finishing off with now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling in other words just because this person might be on tv just because this person might seem seem a powerful to you or or this person might garner uh, some kind of respect or desire or passion in your heart for them doesn't mean that they're right it doesn't mean that they're godly at all they're as they play upon the passions you have as they as they draw out the desires of your heart it's so easy to get captivated by an excellent speaker but by this motivational speech but it can cause you to go forth and stumble from the direction of your faith going into other paths so many people uh, it's funny because as baptists who often get targeted the most but so many people have left uh, the their faith in christ to chase after mormonism 
And at that, it's because they come to your door and they, they tell you they're believers in Jesus. In fact, they say we're the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then they start talking about how, how this, this Latter-day Saints, that, that, that the modern church is corrupted, that people like me are of the devil, and that, that the only hope that you could have is to trust in, in a guy named Joseph Smith. And at the beginning that they, they bring you in through the Bible, then they convert you from the Bible over to the Book of Mormon, not to use the Bible anymore, but the, the Book of Mormon, and then bring you through their indoctrination process. And the next thing you know, you, you just, you, you don't even trust in Jesus anymore. He's just another guy. He was a man of the flesh. His brother was Satan, that they're you guys ladies i don't understand how women could get caught up in mormonism i i don't get that at all i mean your whole job as a lady is to be perpetually pregnant if you pleased your husband on earth if you didn't then you know you're cast aside into annihilation but if if you made your husband happy then then you're going to be in heaven in your own heaven, by the way, on your own planet, building your own universe, uh, you're going to be there just pumping out spirit babies so that you can populate the earth. That's, that's your whole job. And and it it is insane some of the things that they believe in. You say, well, you're just, you're just speaking about things that you've heard, Pastor. You're not speaking the truth. Oh, I've got the Doctrines and Covenants. I've got the Pearl of Great Price. I've got the Book of Mormon. I've, I've been studying, highlighting, cross-referencing all of the contradictions that I've found in Joseph Smith's words alone. I've, I've, I've studied this faith, and it's insane. How people get drawn into this just just baffles me. It's insane. And you look at this scripture, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to our God, to God our Savior who alone is wise. Well, this is the issue right here in verse number 24 and 25 is that when we begin to depart from our study of God's word, when we begin to be led by another teacher than the Holy Spirit and not comparing those things which we're hearing from people with the word of God to see if those things be true, then then we are easily led astray. Now, it isn't that God is unable to keep us from stumbling. It's not on God's part to God our Savior, who alone is wise. When we no longer are studying the wisdom of God to be able to see the fallacy of the world, then we can get wrapped up in the fallacy of the world as being wisdom, and we will abandon God's word. And when we abandon our study of God's word, we abandon God entirely, then it wasn't God that was able to keep us. It was us who separated ourselves from God. For God's desire is to present us faultless before the presence of his glory. That's God's desire for us. And the only way that this is going to happen is as we study the word of God that we may show ourselves approved in the presence of God. This is the whole point behind 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15. When you quote that, it's understood that studies show ourselves approved unto God. 
that a workman needeth not to be ashamed as he rightly divides a word of truth. Well, understand that it is that word of God that is the only thing that is going to keep us from stumbling. It is the word of God is the only thing that's going to be able to give us the ability to present, be presented before God faultless as it was in the presence of his glory. It's the word of God that is cleansing us. It's the word of God that is changing us. It's the word of God that brought transformation to us as we received Christ from our knowledge of the word of God and conviction through its truth is the word of God. The word of God is so important. And yet it's the one thing that is treated so flippantly among the congregations. In fact, the word of God is set on the side for for the the music it's set aside for the programs it's set aside for all of these other things at churches today the word of god is set aside for all of these things you say well pastor you're always getting after curriculums <laughs> i am you know and and the reason why is that we will spend thousands of dollars we'll spend three thousand dollars in a year learning what somebody else thinks about the Bible instead of taking our time and diligence to study the books of the Bible and and share what we have learned and listen to others as they have read their Bible and what they have have received from it and sometimes you're going to have to correct what they have received because a lot of times when people study the Bible, they're studying it from the framework of those things that they had learned from maybe a cemetery, I mean a seminary, or maybe maybe they're studying the Bible from the, the way that they learned from this particular denomination and now they're a part of this particular denomination, but they still see the Bible written in the framework of the last denomination and, and they might need to learn something there too. But the whole point is, is that it is the word of God directly that is leading us, that is teaching us, is the word of God that is speaking to us, not the program. So when you get into a lot of these different curriculums, you're, you're ultimately reading through and studying what that person who wrote the curriculum or that group of people who wrote that curriculum, what they think or what they say about what God's word says. So you're not actually drawing in God's word. Now, there might be a section of scripture that, that is there that you can read and then listen to what they have to say about it. But ultimately, your mind is being fed, or so to speak, your mind is learning not from what God's word said, but from what this curriculum is telling you God's word says. And I just, one day I might be able to get over that. But for some reason, it just doesn't make sense that I would spend, like I said, somewhere near $3,000 in, in a year getting what somebody else thinks about God's Word than coming together on a weekly basis with a section or portion of Scripture, kind of like what we do here on the Preacher's Corner, and, and, and studying through the Word of God, line upon line, like it says in Isaiah 55, and, and precept upon precept, that we study the Word of God, and as people begin to ask questions about what this is saying. And as as you study and, and, and learn and grow, it's coming directly from God's Word. But most importantly, we're not being fed by what somebody else thinks what God's Word says. We're being fed by the Holy Spirit who is drawing out 
God's points and purposes into our lives by His Word. One day, maybe, I'll get to that place, but not anytime soon, is the Word of God. Oh, just fall in love with the Word of God. And how much could we save? We could, we could send somebody on a missionary trip to, to teach people in, in foreign countries with $3,000. I mean, how much money could we save? By studying God's Word, by, by getting together in the congregation saying, okay, guys, this week we're, we're going to start uh, studying through the book of uh, Jude. We're going we're to study the letter of Jude. And then just, for however many weeks it takes, just go through the letter of Jude. Just reading it, Scripture, and stopping and saying, wow, isn't this amazing that, that it is God our Savior who alone is wise. Amen. So that means that, that with the wisdom of God, that, that we need to be in God's Word. We need to be where wisdom is found. And obviously, the book of Proverbs is telling us all the wisdom that you could possibly glean. And, and the, the discovery of all of that wisdom is, is that the man who was blessed with that great amount of wisdom that God had blessed him with really didn't know how to handle any of it and actually ended up being worse off than he was when he started. But God alone is wise. Because God alone is perfect. Because God alone is, is not riddled with corruption. He's not fallen unto sin. God alone is wise. Well, at that very statement, why in the world do I want to listen really to, to, to these, these other curriculums and learn about what other people think about God's Word when they are prone to corruption and they are prone to, to being faulty, whereas God's Word is always perfect. It's always pure and by the way god alone has majesty god alone is dominion and power both now and forever hallelujah that tells you that he is able to keep us just like the apostle paul said that that you know I, i'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which i have committed unto him against that day there's no question about it God's got this. And you come back and, and we start off in verse number 17 now. And he says, Remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this being Jude calling you back unto the point of the apostles' writings. Of course, that would put you to the books of Peter. That would put you to the books of James. That would put you to the, the books of Paul. That would put you uh, to, to Matthew's book, Mark and John. It, well, yeah, Mark, because that was the writings of Peter. I mean, you you look at this one statement, you've covered the whole of the New Testament. Remember the words which were spoken before of the by the apostles. That word by, uh, recognized in its Greek form, can be also transliterated from. <laughs> so, from the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how they told you that there would be mockers. Now, you you can actually have a direct reference to this point, how they told you that there would be mockers in 2 Peter chapter number 3. As we consider in 2 Peter chapter number 3, that uh, in verse number 3, he says, Peter says, knowing this first, 
that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts. And so you'll find from Jude that he says how the apostles of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. He's literally quoting from Peter at this point in the letter that's gone out for Peter so that you understand the interconnectivity of all of these different letters and and the the strength of their being a part of our Bible is that when your authors of the Bible are quoting from the other authors of the Bible that you know these letters would be authentic that they would be that they would be true in their writing and he says these who are the mockers in the last time in verse number 19, these are sensual persons. And this is so important. Who cause division not having the Spirit? Those that are in the Spirit desire the word of truth. Those that are in the Spirit desire to know and to be in fellowship with the word of God, with the Bible. But those who would desire sensuality or experience over God's word is because they don't have the spirit in them. They are continually looking for the the, the sensuality of something, for the experience of something because they, they don't they don't desire the simple truth of God's word. They've got to have emotional uh, events, emotional occurrences, and thus it's because the sensual people who are causing divisions, by the way, which is interesting how I bring that out, don't have the spirit. The reason why the sensual people are causing divisions is because the only way that a true church, the only way that a body in Christ can have unity is by the word of God. You see, because the Holy Spirit will react equally through the believers by the Word of God. And so, if if the thing that unites us is programs, and the thing that unites us is, is music, or the thing that unites us is all of these other peripherals and not the Word of God, then we do not truly have a unity of the body in Christ Jesus because that unity in Christ will be from the Holy Spirit who desires the Word of God. So when the Word of God is not the most important part of our time together in worship, then we are not united in Christ. That's a bold statement pastor well yeah you're right <laughs> but i'm huge for the word of god because this reality right here the sensual persons who cause division not having the spirit but then jude stops and he says but you beloved remember he said i, I was going to write to you about our beautiful common salvation <coughs> but I, I've got to change my tone and write to you to fight for the faith that's been delivered to you because these ungodly people with their ungodly ways and their ungodly desires are drawing you unto ungodliness and you're following their path instead of God's word. You're being drawn away from the truth that once united you as a body in Christ unto these sensual directions, unto these ungodly ways and they're dividing you and they're crushing you and satan is having a blast satan is just rejoicing in this he says but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith 
And this is this is something that Baptists run from. <laughs> but there's no reason for it because it is a pure truth from God's word. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Guys, don't be afraid of the work of the Holy Spirit in you. This, this isn't something that's going to draw you unto doing some cockamamie things or, or acting crazy or flopping around and wiggling on the ground. I mean, it, this isn't something that, that is going to be done of the Holy Spirit. But the prayer in the Holy Spirit, what an intimacy of connection that can be had with God than to be tapped directly into His presence by and through the Holy Spirit. How do you get that? the Word of God. When you begin to intimately study God's Word, the Holy Spirit inside of you bursts. It literally just rejoices within you, and there's no words that can explain the amazing thing that happens because emotions fail at this point. But the reality is is that when you get into God's word the holy spirit rejoices inside of you because you are you are bringing the holy spirit in you into connection with God's word outside of you and the the three of you God's word the holy spirit and you are now in communion with the holy father with holy god there's nothing like that there's there's no incantations, no chants, no transcendental meditations, and all these other crazy things that these Christian groups get themselves into for sensuality's sake. There's nothing that can compare. I don't have to have the worship bands, and I don't have to have the hymns. I don't have to have music at all for this amazing moment to happen where the Holy Spirit burst with joy inside of this vessel as, as getting connected to God's Word and studying every comma, studying every jot, every tittle, every word, feasting upon His riches that, the, that my Holy Father would rejoice in his in this his son or his daughter out there on Cyberland it, that that would be connected with him in such a desire to know him and and the re, the revelation of him comes to our soul. Oh, it's so powerful. So powerful. He says keep yourselves and the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. If we're looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, where are we going to find it? Are we, are we going to find it in the incantations? Are we going to find it in, in the worship music, especially the contemporary worship music of our modern day, where Jesus' name is hardly ever spoken in the songs, and I could easily attribute that song to Buddha or to... to to one of the multitude of gods of Hindu, to, to I mean, I could, if, if we're just going to use pronouns like he or him and, and you, uh, instead of speaking directly to the person that I'm, I'm talking about, Jesus Christ and, and God the Father, man, I could take any one of these modern songs and turn it into the girl of my dreams or the boy that I, 
I want to have. In fact, most of these Christian contemporary people end up crossing over into secular music and, and believers. They say, oh, isn't this so good? Because now they're going to be able to go on to the secular market. And maybe they can touch their lives. And they don't. In fact, it's often the Christian artists that you find recanting their faith and saying that they're no longer believers, that they're now atheists. It's the Christian artists, so to speak, that that end up going into the world instead of impacting the world because their music to begin with when they started off was lukewarm. It never glorified God, never lifted up the name of Jesus Christ, it never brought forth the truth of God's word before the people at large. They just sang generically about, about relationship issues and said, well, I'm singing this for God until they made more money in the secular market and then they left God behind. So many artists. And we worship them. We worship them. It isn't that we're worshiping God through them because they're not giving us the worship of God. They're worshiping their music and we're worshiping their music and so we're drawn away inside of the congregations and then the next thing you know people are distraught because these artists they're saying oh well you know we don't really believe in god and the whole time we're telling our kids oh this is great music for two or three years oh they're just wonderful artists we're playing in our homes we're doing all this stuff and then the next thing you know they separated from the faith well what is the kids going to do also, this Christianity stuff really doesn't matter because this music that you said was so good is really actually people that no longer believe in God, so why should I believe in God any longer? I mean, we, we set ourselves up by sensuality all the time. We set ourselves up with this. And he says, he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Remember that keep. That word means to observe. It means to guard or protect. He said, protect yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where are we going to find that mercy? Unto eternal life. Where are we going to find that mercy? Only in the Word of God. Not in a person's personal experience. Not in, a, not in any experiences that could be given. Not in any programs that can be given. The only place that we're going to find the reality of God's mercy is going to be the Word of God. We've got to be in the Word of God. We've got to be sharing the Word of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Where, where are we going to discover how to do that? Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, the Word of God. And on some, some people, now this is a cool statement, 22 and 23 are together. He said, on some have compassion, making a distinction. But others save with fear, pulling them out of a fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now, the scripture does tell us that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so that we find that we have compassion on some. You see, for some who are inquiring about the word of the Lord, for some who are desiring to know Jesus or who realize that they have sinned before Almighty God and they want to be saved, for some, we have compassion. We, we, we literally, we give that and extend that grace unto those who find themselves humble before the Lord. And we, we, we give them the word of God. But there are always going to be those who resist, 
or who are proud. And, and the scripture says, God resists the proud. And the reason why he's resisting the proud is because in his resistance, he breaks that pride. And he says, but others, in verse 23, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating the garment defiled by the flesh. There are some that will only be impacted by the Spirit when they are driven to fear. We'll say, oh, I just can't stand those fire and brimstone preachers. Oh, but they have a purpose. Understand that their their style or brand of teaching may not necessarily be what they learn in <clears throat> Bible college. Certainly, is because Bible colleges are weak need mostly anymore nowadays. Anyway, that their end is that fire of God that may be the purpose of the Holy Spirit in them to cause others to be pulled out of the fire and saved by fear. So those fire and brimstone boys, they've got good purpose. They've got good work that is given to them by the Holy Spirit. But then there are those who who have need of compassion where that fire and brimstone does, isn't necessary to have that compassion upon them. So you'll find that there are some who are really hot and there are some who are sweet and cold and they do the work of the Lord. But the lukewarm... Those who are into sensuality, who, who will fall for everything and don't care about anything, those lukewarm, as long as they're feeling good and as long as they're, they're comfortable, nah, Jesus is going to spit them out of his mouth. <laughs> Things to think about as we complete this beautiful book of, of Jude, this beautiful letter that is written. And so I'll, I'll finish off by simply saying this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of this book. And as we go forward from this book, to Philemon, we pray that you will be with us, to give us understanding, and to continue to help us grow in our walk with you by the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys, keep you guys, and cause His face to shine upon you. And I'll catch you tomorrow for the introduction to Philemon. What a joy. Take care. <laughs>